0: Hello, Hang Up listeners. This is Josh Levine. I want to tell you about an episode of a new Slate podcast that we're going to preview for you uh, in the Hang Up and Listen feed today. It is an episode of How To with Charles Duhigg. It is hosted by Pulitzer Prize winning journalist and author of The Power of Habit, the aforementioned Charles Duhigg. In how to, Charles uses his investigative reporting skills and finds experts to answer listeners' toughest questions. It'll be coming out every week, but there are four episodes for you to listen to right now. Make sure to subscribe in Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. In this first batch of episodes, Charles tackles how to be funny, how to give your mom a kidney, and how to rob a bank. You are about to hear an episode that is sports-related. It is called How to Withstand Pain. It's a fun and fascinating conversation with a runner who's about to tackle a 268-mile ultramarathon and is totally freaked out, understandably so. We introduce her to a Dutch extreme athlete known as the Iceman, who's developed a method for pain tolerance that includes spending hours submerged in ice water. Can he help? our ultramarathoner cross the finish line keep listening to How To with Charles Duhigg and you'll find out
1: nobody likes to feel pain that's why I began to go into cold water cold water is like merciless but righteous it brings you right there and you gotta learn one way or another and I thought shit this is it and now I'm able to train anybody
2: This is How To, a show where we help people figure out how to solve life's toughest problems. I'm Charles Duhick. and this is Sophie.
3: Um, My name's Sophie Power, and um, I'm an ultra runner and mother. I've got two boys, age one and four.
2: Oh my gosh, and you actually are a little famous as a mother and an ultra marathoner, right?
3: So um, a photo was taken of me on a 106 mile mountain race whilst I was breastfeeding my three-month-old baby and expressing the other side. So, (laughs) um, you know, motherhoods can be pretty kick-ass.
2: If you can't tell, Sophie herself is pretty kick-ass. That that photo of her nursing her baby during an ultramarathon, it went viral, and it it made her into this kind of icon. How did you you come to running? Like, were you always naturally an athlete?
3: No, I was second last in the mile at school. Um, Oh, wow. I was I was 14. I was an overweight kid. I wasn't sporty at all. But then, um, I guess more than a decade later, I was made redundant for my job in finance um, and told to go and have babies. And that I was 26. I just got married and thought, maybe I don't want to have babies.
2: She eventually changed her mind about the babies, but she never changed her mind about being pissed off that people had written her off that way. And, and at first she poured all those frustrations into exercise. She took up kickboxing, and then at the urging of a friend, she decided to start running. And so she began training for her first race. And because she was still kind of pissed off and she had something to prove, and, and she needed a goal in her life at that moment, something that she felt like she was making progress towards, she decided to train for this famously hard ultramarathon in the Sahara Desert called the Marathon de Sables.
3: So I sign up for this race. I've never run more than this mile in my life. And i've got nine months to train um and i thought do you know what i'm just going to learn to run so the next day i went for a run
2: the marathon desab it's this extremely grueling six day course
3: it's a crazy race so it's about a thousand runners and it's so hot it's scorchingly hot but you're also extra problems that you're carrying this big weight in your back of all the food you have for the six days your um sleeping bag your sleeping mat your cooking material and you don't have enough food because you can't physically carry that much.
2: So, so just make sure I got this right. You're running five marathons in the middle of the Sahara Desert in six days.
3: Six in six days.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. Six marathons in the middle of the Sahara Desert in six days. Yes. Uh, what? I mean, I can't do one marathon without like falling apart. What's that like? like? What do you remember about it?
3: It's beautiful. I think the, the thing about the the distances seem long, but actually you have kind of all day to do them. So I was pretty quick in that race. And this is a race that I realized actually, you know, ultra running is something that I have a talent for in, in some way compared to other people. And the race is tough and, and you have to keep going every day. But this wasn't one of the races where I hit the wall. I, I found it comparatively easy.
2: The six marathons in six days.
3: That sounds weird, I know. But I kind of came back going, do you know what? I need to go do another one.
2: And so she did. And then she did another one and another one. Sophie's run more than 30 ultra marathons. And through that, she's gotten pretty good at tolerating pain.
3: So I was doing brilliantly for 138 miles, and my quad suddenly exploded, and I had to limp downhill for five hours to finish. I had the stomach cramps curled up in a ball by the side of the trail for quite a long time. So I was hallucinating really badly because I hadn't slept, and there's blood coming out the back of my heels, and it was horrible. One race I did in Cambodia, I was drinking too much water, and my brain essentially swelled, and I fell into a coma after four days. Um was airlifted out. Um, and my husband had to take a phone call saying that, you know there was fifty percent chance I lived, but if I did, then I'd have brain damage.
2: Sophie survived that race, and she recovered, it actually surprisingly quickly. She has to monitor her salt levels now, but but she's still running ultramarathons. and, as I mentioned, even breastfeeding newborns along the way. If all of this sounds totally insane to you, it also sounds insane to me. Running an ultramarathon seems like this huge, scary thing. And suddenly, for the first time in a long time, it's starting to feel that way to Sophie, too. Because now she's planning on running a race, a, a new kind of race that she's never done before. And she's really spooked by it. And that's the reason she reached out to us. Superwoman Sophie Power is now entered into one of the toughest endurance races on Earth something called the montane spine race and she's totally freaked out by how much it's gonna
3: hurt so this is a new challenge where all the things that I've been used to using to to manage pain are being taken away from me it's a long non-stop race I've never done anything like that so my longest non-stop before have been the 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 outs race so 40 hours um this will be more like 140 hours oh my um, gosh everything that I've no works for me in races, um, that's not going to stick it for this one.
2: It's just going to be you alone with the pain.
3: And, and a map and a compass getting lost because they haven't signposted this.
2: The Montane spine race is 268 miles along this old remote trail that follows the spine of the United Kingdom up to Scotland. It's more than 10 marathons in less than seven days over this boggy, rugged terrain in the middle of literally nowhere. It's nearly twice as long as the Sahara race. But there's no rest day in the middle of it, and there's not a lot of people or pit stops to give you support.
3: It's a huge amount of time, and a lot will be through the dark, and I think I can get quite negative through that, and I could be massively lost. If if I'm really lost, they track us all, so we're safe. We're on a little dot, in fact, anyone can track the race, and you'll see all these dots on on a moving up the map of England. Um, so I know I'm, if I go so far wrong, they'll get me, but I could wander off miles the wrong way. Um, yeah. It's just me alone on, on, on a ridge. Um, I am very, very nervous.
2: Tell me about that nervousness. What does it feel like?
3: I feel my, in my stomach, it's, it's slightly sick at the moment. The, the thought of my very tiny person crossing this massive expanse of land, um, it's just overwhelming. Are you scared? Yes.
2: (laughs) When an ultramarathoner says she's scared that something will be painful, that's when you know that it's going to be very, very painful. And and so we found an expert in withstanding pain to help Sophie prepare. We we found this guy. He's an extreme athlete from the Netherlands named Wim Hof, or, or as he's known to his friends, the Iceman.
1: Now, just a week ago, uh, I was 70 minutes and longer in ice water. I had a great time. We'll hear more from the Iceman
2: after the break. At what point did you did you first say to yourself, you know what I'd really like to do? I'd really like to do things that are super duper painful. Like, like, how do you get to that
1: point? I was 17 years old, 43 years ago is when I found the cold water, the ice water for the first time. I felt attraction to go in and it took me past uh, perceived limits. It took me past what everybody was saying is impossible. It took me past my fears. What happens if you sit for a half hour in ice water? It's painful. But to me, it's pleasurable.
2: So we found this guy named um, Wim Hof the Iceman. Have you ever (laughs) ever heard of Wim Hof?
3: (laughs) No, but that's a great name.
2: It's a great name, right? So, so this guy actually has a, a bunch of world records. He, he has taken the longest bath in ice in history that we know of. Uh, he has climbed snow-covered mountain peaks wearing only shorts um, and no shoes. He actually took a group um, up to Everest, and they didn't make it to the top, but they came pretty close without, without a shirt on, and I don't believe he was wearing any shoes when he did it. He, he once ran a marathon in the desert without drinking any water. So this is a guy who spends all of his time thinking about how to withstand pain. How do I, how do I mentally steal myself? And he had a couple of suggestions, a couple of rules that he thought would be really helpful for you, as you get ready for this
1: race. And the first one has to do with breathing. She might be a lot better conditioned than 90% of the people, but if you go 260 miles, which is bloody, bloody much, she has to work on how to supply more oxygen when the reserves are exhausted. You will have to face The fear. And the fear is a signal that your body is telling you "You cannot do this. I do understand. So it is very simple. Breathe in. Fully in. Exert all, all you got. And fully in. Follow the belly, the chest, and then into your head. And then you let go. You don't go fully out. You just let it go. And then you get it fully in again. Letting go. If you do that 40 times, carbon dioxide is being blown off. More oxygen is able to bind in the deep tissue. It is very simple. She has to do in the morning, when the rays is coming. do this breathing and you become alkaline. And then when the rays is starting, learn to tune deeper with deeper breathing patterns into your body we are actually mammals and built to be able to keep on going that's why we are able to go into these extreme challenges it's actually uh, going back to our primordial nature so
2: let me start by by fully acknowledging some of the stuff that Wim says it's a little uh a little eccentric, right? Not all of it is rigorously peer-reviewed, but but he has this theory that that basically humans, like all mammals, are actually built for huge amounts of endurance and huge, extraordinary physical activities, but that most of us live these kind of comfortable lives, right? We 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 put on parkas before we go outside. We we wear shoes when we when we run. And that if we can simply get it more in touch with our, as he puts it, our primordial nature, that our bodies are actually designed for really, really hard physical things. What do you think about that?
3: I have never thought about it. I, I really, I mean, I I know I, I naturally breathe very deeply um, and slowly. Um, I um, I played the trumpet quite seriously at school, and um, but I completely agree with him, I think. Our bodies are absolutely amazing.
2: So I, I, I was gonna ask you if you wouldn't mind doing something kind of crazy, which is let's let's try Wim's method right now. And let's do that instead of the 40 times, because that would take a little while and we're not we're not on the marathon trail yet. And then could you try and do some push-ups to sure. see if it feels <laughs> differently from when you normally do push-ups? Sure. <gasps> How many push-ups can you normally do?
3: I'd say I could do like thirty.
2: Okay, let's do it. See, you thought it was a podcast, but actually, it's a it's an entire workout.
3: <laughs> I love how this is gonna sound. Okay, okay, I'll start. Okay,
2: <sighs> and I'm gonna try and do it in Wim's voice. You want to go deep in, breathe in, <laughs> Don't make me laugh. and then out. <laughs> <laughs> so Sophie did her 20 deep breaths, and, and then she got down on the floor to do some push-ups. Okay, you ready for the push-ups? Okay. Sophie did the first 30 push-ups like like no problem and and then she just kept on going
3: okay that's 47 I'm done oh my gosh
2: 47 push-ups that's a huge number of push-ups how did it feel like like what did that feel like
3: um they felt easy until my arms gave in at the end (laughs) um I didn't think I could do 47 push-ups I don't do push-ups as part of training so um that's pretty cool
2: do you, think, do you think that the breathing, did it, did it help? Do did, did you think it made a difference?
3: I think the weird thing about it was that mentally, it definitely changes some calmness in how you feel. I, like, I'd never tried doing anything like that before. It's weird. It's just taking 20 breaths. But um, mm-hmm. when you're running sometimes and everything's going really well, you're kind of zoned out and it's wonderful. And I think that's, it's a similar feeling, actually.
2: Yeah, I it's it's sort of like you get into this contemplative space because you're focusing on your breathing instead of focusing on on how much things hurt.
3: Yeah, I I I think this is going to be pretty helpful. I'll be pretty good at it by the end. I could do like a thousand of these. But <laughs> that's up to 20. How many push-ups can I do after a thousand?
2: Well, let's do baby steps. Let's first get up to 40 and <laughs> Okay, so let's let's go to the next rule because it because it's not just breathing. So the, the next rule that Wim that Wim has is he has and this is why he's called the Iceman, he has this thing about cold exposure. He believes in the power of cold.
1: Cold water is like merciless but righteous. It brings you right there and you gotta learn one way or another. Learning how to deal with stress, even in extreme conditions. Are we able to do that? Yes, my teacher is the cold.
2: So so let me pull out for a moment here and explain why Wim is so into cold. Cause you know, this is kind of like an unusual hobby. Wim Hof says he first discovered the power of cold as a teenager when one day he was walking through a park in Amsterdam and he felt compelled to jump in a freezing
1: pond. This is what I found when I was 17. I just found it, boom there in the cold water it attracted me and I thought shit this is it this will make me able to connect with that indescribable irrational gut feeling I was looking for and now I'm able to train anybody here's how Wim says he would train Sophie so day one one minute cold shower but I, I don't like cold I say F- you you want to you want to uh, get rid of your fear Uh, of doing 260 uh, miles and then begin with that. And within 10 days, she is able to go, say, at least uh, five to 10 minutes into a cold shower. The condition of the vascular system grows fast into its innate capacity, because we don't expose to the cold. We always are dressed up. That's why it's like a muscle that is not trained, so the condition gets less. I, I tell her, you want to really perform, Get your uh, vascular system the right way nature uh, meant it to be.
2: So there you go. W- Wim Hof thinks that you should take cold showers. And if you don't like that, then he says, F- you. What do you oh, think? Oh,
3: man. Do you know what? I hate cold showers. I really <laughs> hate cold showers. I've, I, even those like kind of cold baths that people go through for for say that it's good for inflammation on the legs. I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, I'll, I'll get in a jacuzzi because <laughs> um, at least I'll enjoy it. Um, do you know what? Like, I am willing to give it a go. I've got five days, so I could work up to five minutes in five days.
2: So it, there's a lot of science behind why we use cold exposure, right? W- Wim, Wim describes that you what we do is we help our vascular system. We help contract a lot of the smaller capillaries and we move heat into our core. But the other part about it is this: is teaching ourselves that we can withstand this pain, right? That we can choose pain and teaching ourselves ways to cope with ignoring it. Does that make sense to you?
3: No, I mean, it completely, I guess, kind of where we, it is the same thing with run training. You put yourself through kind of difficult periods of run training on the sprint intervals and you're dying at the end. And you know that that makes you in the race. You can say, I've been here before and I've gotten through it. I mean, I guess I'll be probably going through quite a lot of cold showers in the race. I mean, Scotland's pretty cold and it's gonna <laughs> rain. So yeah, I'm gonna try it tonight. I'm gonna get in the cold shower. Um, my husband's gonna hear these screams from upstairs, but um, <laughs> I, you know what? I'm I'm willing to throw kind of everything at this. So I, I might as well give it a go.
2: And And just to put it in context, you know, it's five minutes in a cold shower, which sounds, even as I'm saying it, that sounds like so unpleasant. But Wim actually immerses himself in ice baths for hours at a time in order to train his body and his mind to withstand this. And if if it's um if it's a terrible experience for you, you can just blame the Ice Man, right? <laughs> I'm I'm gonna blame
3: him. I I guess, guess it's kind of like me saying to I run these ultra marathons and I say to my friends, you know, you could run a 5k. He's basically saying to me, you know, I do two hours. You can do five minutes.
2: Good. Well, okay. So so and we've got one more rule left. So. Iceman's rule three is program
1: your mind. Do the breathing, do the cold showers, and the most important one is learn that you are able to program yourself in your brain and find peace. And peace means it's not stupidly, I'm gonna do the 260 miles, I'm gonna do it because I'm this and that. No, you find uh, in your gut, you feel you are up to it.
2: In other words, what, what Wim is saying is that you should listen to your fear, but, but you should recognize that it's not just telling you to be scared, it, it's telling you that you need to do something, right? You can decide ahead of time. I, I'm gonna program my mind so that when I'm scared, when I'm in pain, I can breathe more deeply or, or I can meditate. As long as you have something to do, then that pain
1: becomes your friend. And I know fear is a great signal. It's like a pain signal. Hey, look at me. Look at me. Get your focus right over here at the pain. And uh, so this is what I tell her. Go to that gut feeling and uh, feel the peace. It's there.
2: Does that sound like something you've struggled to master before?
3: I think it's something I have actually done really well out before in some races, but I'm struggling with it now, and I don't know why I'm struggling with it now. I think maybe on this one, I'm going to have to switch my mind off to enjoying the journey um, because it is a, a, a journey maybe rather than a race and trying to enjoy. If it's in the middle of the night, then hopefully it's a clear night and I can see stars because I'm going to be so remote that the sky should hopefully be full of stars. So hopefully if it's dark, that's that's somewhere I can go to and just looking looking up.
2: And I think that's kind of a little bit what, what Wim is talking about. When he says, he says that this rule is program your mind. You know, the, there's all this stuff about the physical natures of the deep breaths and the cold training and the biochemistry. But at the same time, when you're in that moment of pain and you're in that moment of agony, if you've decided ahead of time, what you want to think about, what you look for as some type of solace, then you know where to go. You know how to break yourself out of that spiral of of hurt and of of agony
3: i think I think the translation of what he's saying is go to program my brain to be positive um and logical as to why I will be able to finish this. Okay, It's really hard, but everyone's finding it really hard. And actually, I've prepared well enough to finish the race. So I think that will probably give me the confidence. And I think also, as I pack my bag, that will, before the race, kind of program me into saying, you know, everything has been thought of. All my head torch batteries, all my maps, my compass, everything, um, all my chafing cream. Um, there will be things that I can't predict that could stop me if I have a bad fall, but it shouldn't be my mind and my body that let me down. I've I've got to be kind of aware that it's it's about a 50% completion rate.
2: So let me ask you this. So, you know, Sophie's at mile 200, let's say, and her brain is just like screaming at her to stop. And she's in pain and it hurts so bad and she's scared. And I say to her, well, just
1: relax. I think she's going to say, how? By following the breath. Deeply. Following the breath. So by doing those
2: 40 yes. deep breaths.
1: Yes. Uh, or until she feels the difference. And we are built to make the difference. And you talk about Sophie after 200 miles being exhausted. Never should have done this. This is... Uh, I'm going to quit at, uh, no matter what. That's it. The whole motivation is gone. You curse everything. And she is just paralyzed and in pain. Is she able at that moment to make a difference? Yes, you are. Now breathe again. Just stand still, breathe deep and reconnect into the depth. The power of your mind is able to find a solution for the biochemistry and make the change. You see that? The magic happens. It's amazing.
2: Are you are you feeling more ready do you feel do you still feel really anxious or do you feel less anxious now
3: No I feel a lot calmer actually the breathing helps um Yeah I feel a lot calmer I think it having someone that's external to it just say kind of do this 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 and this um and making me reflect on the fact that actually there's no reason to be scared and when it gets really bad, just think at least like I might be in the middle of nowhere. It might be, I might be emotional. I might be slightly lost. At least I'm not having a cold shower.
2: <laughs> exactly. It could be a lot worse. Exactly.
3: It could always be worse. And I'm going to, my, my go-to is going to be at least I'm not having a cold shower. Um, and, and, and that's like, that's, that, that's going to be brilliant. That's going to work. Cause I hate cold showers.
2: Well, thank you so much, Sophie. I, we re- I really appreciate it, and I, I, we're going to be rooting for you. It's, the race is in five days, right? You're In five days, you're heading off to do this?
3: Exactly. I'm very scared, but thank you very much. I think this is, uh, this has actually really cleared my head on on quite a few things.
2: So five days after we spoke, Sophie took a train from her home outside of London to the starting line of the race. And with just 40 other runners, because that's the only people they could find who were willing to run this race, they took off on this huge epic quest. It was kind of amazing tracking her progress on the race website as she was doing this. She was this little dot slowly moving up the jagged 268 miles that connect the bottom of England to Scotland. On day three, she sent us this message. It's day three.
3: I'm... 55 hours into the race about 135 miles done so over the halfway point uh, there's such a long way to go um it's hot and humid thunderstormy um really difficult conditions and the last 40 miles i haven't had any dry feet um because we've been covered in bog it's really tough um a few miles ago it, it just came over me how immense this challenges there's a shorter race that stops at 106 and seeing them finish at the checkpoint knowing that i still had another kind of 100 and 160 miles to go really overwhelmed me so i I tried the breathing exercises um the cold shower is definitely not working because what i really would love now is a cold shower it's so hot and humid um we'll see we'll see how it goes later and I'll, i'll check in later
2: then a couple of days later she did it she crossed the finish line. She had just gone the equivalent of ten marathons in one hundred and nineteen hours. It's amazing. Here is the last message we got from her.
3: So I am absolutely ecstatic. I finished the race in just under five days, which was my target. What I realized during the really painful times, when my my feet were getting more and more swollen, they were getting infected, going through the breathing and keeping it going got me out the other side. Um, So I want to say thank you so much. I think you've really helped me mentally facing less pain. Uh, I hope the advice helps anyone else uh, looking to go through pain, because it's all in your head. And if you have a strong mind, that will get your body through these challenges.
2: Congratulations to Sophie Power for finishing this insane ultra marathon, And we really appreciate her being game for trying all of these crazy ideas, even the cold showers. And thanks also to Wim Hof, the Iceman, for sharing his wisdom about how to withstand pain. If you're interested in learning more about Wim's ideas, then you should absolutely check out his book, The Way of the Iceman, How the Wim Hof Method Creates Radiant Long-Term Health. And thanks to Wim Hof, the Iceman, for sharing his wisdom about how to withstand pain. If you liked what you heard, there's a lot more where that came from. And and again, some of it, you know, it's it's a little bit out there. But if you're interested, pick up his book, The Way of the Iceman, How the Wim Hof Method Creates Radiant Long-Term Health. Finally, do you have a question about how to do something? Anything at all? We're here to help. Drop us a note at howto at slate.com, and we might have you on the show, and we promise no cold showers. And if you like what you heard today, please tell a friend and give us a rating and a review in Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show. Thanks. How to's executive producer is Derek John. Merritt Jacob is our engineer. Our theme music is by Hannis Brown. June Thomas is the senior managing producer of Slate Podcasts, and Gabriel Roth is Slate's editorial director for audio. Special thanks to Asha Saluja, Katie Rayford, TJ Raphael, Maggie Taylor, Emma Barnaby, and Julia Turner. I'm Charles Duhigg. Thanks for listening.
1: It is Ryan here, and I have a
2: question for you. What do you do when you win?